0: Welcome to the Every Nation Taipei podcast. We're here to help you know God, discover your purpose, grow in your relationships, and make a difference in Taipei, Taiwan, and beyond. We hope this message encourages you today. So, we're starting this series called On Mission. To why, why do we exist as a church? Why is Every Nation Taipei here? Uh, What is our calling? What are we called to do? Uh, What are are we about as a church? What's our purpose? Uh, And so for the next six, seven weeks, we're going to just go through that and break that down. And part of that, the way we're going to do that is we're going to be looking at the uh, Every Nation mission statement. Why does Every Nation exist because we're part of Every Nation, which is a, a movement of churches around the world, uh, and as we look at that mission statement, we're just going to kind of break it down, um, and so you have an understanding of who we are as a church. And uh, some of you, 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 you know, this is your church, and you, you're going to discover, okay, this is what I belong to. This is who I am. This is what I'm a part of. Others of you here are still checking it out, and uh, everybody's welcome. If you're just checking it out, that's great. We still, you know, want to be a blessing, uh, and so you're always welcome. anybody's welcome to come and. And receive Um, but we're just gonna take these next seven weeks and we're gonna break down I think we have our mission statement up there it says says we exist to honor God by establishing Christ centered spirit empowered socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation and so we're just gonna go over these next seven weeks and just break that down phrase by phrase and say what does that mean and why is that uh, why is that our mission statement why is that our purpose uh, and how does it apply to us here in Taipei? Why are we, every nation, Taipei? Uh, what's our role being here? Um, and hopefully in that, then you'll begin to see why God's put you here. Because we believe you're here on purpose for a reason. And that God has something for you in this. Whether you're just here this one Sunday, or you're just here for you know a, a month or years, um, your season here, we believe that God has something for you. Our desire is that every time that we gather together, we would all receive something from the Lord. And so why don't we bow our heads just pray. Come before the Lord. Father, we come to you today. And we're so thankful for your Holy Spirit who is always with us, who speaks to us, who leads us, who guides us. And we just invite your Holy Spirit today to, to speak to each and every heart. And that, Father, as we we hear your voice, our hearts and our lives would be transformed. And so in these next moments, Lord God, we just simply open our hearts to you and say, Lord God, may you be glorified through each and every one of our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So today, we're taking that first phrase, Uh, from this mission statement from our every nation mission statement we exist to honor God and we're just going to unpack that what does that mean and so a quick overview uh, of the sermon Uh, we're going to look at the importance of being on mission why is it important that we understand our mission what does that play I know uh, if you've done any kind of business or business school or leadership studies they talk about mission statements and vision statements and value statements and culture and, and all these different things and sometimes it goes in, in one ear and out the other thing so w- what difference does all this make and so we want to say what's the importance of being on mission why is it important that we understand our mission as a church and as individuals uh and then we're going to look at our mission uh in in, in every nation taipei and then we're going to look at breaking down this phrase we exist to honor god what does that mean so first point the importance of mission why is being on mission important why is it important to understand our our mission can we go back to the the series title slide there you go on mission um, it's cool it's like sci-fi uh, <laughs> not sure that that uh, but anyway so so as you look at this uh, slide thanks to our, our graphics team com team you see that the, the the bullseye there or the the crosshairs are right over Taiwan. We're small, so we can't see us. It's bigger. But in the middle of that is the our island right there. And us, we're right in the middle of those crosshairs and drop the bomb. Um, so uh and, and 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 what being on mission does is it helps you to focus. Because when you understand your mission, your purpose, why you exist then it helps you to stay focused and, and to accomplish the, 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 the things that are most important for us personally in our lives as well as uh, as a church because we want to be not just doing a bunch of good things. We want to make sure we're doing the right thing. It helps us to, to, to make the best use of the resources available to us, our time, our talents, our finances, To say, let's focus on the things that are most important. It it aligns us as a church. We begin to all understand, okay, so this is what we're about as a church. And then we understand how we can best be a part, what we're contributing to, what we are, 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 are trying to make happen together as a church. So it aligns us and it focuses our resources and it helps us as a church work together because we can always accomplish more together than we can individually. And so that's why we focus. That's why we want to know what, what is our mission and how do we get on mission. It's also important to us because as a church, it's, it's part of what we promise to people who come here. In fact, if you've ever been to our website, I think we have a, a, a graphic of our website up there. There we go. This is, a, this is our website. If you've ever been, visit our website um, and, and right on the, the very front at the bottom of the page there, it says, come join us to find purpose. And uh, so we're saying, if you come here, you're going to find purpose. And so we're, we're trying to fulfill that and say, okay, here's the purpose. Here's, here's, we want to help you to discover both your purpose, but our, our purpose corporately together. Okay. And so as we look at our, our every nation mission statement, this is our purpose. It says we exist. And once again, to honor God, we're going to keep repeating this over the, the next six weeks until you get it inside of you. Uh, so that, they, uh, so that in, in, at all times you can remember, am I living on purpose? And as a church, can it help us accomplish our purpose? We exist to honor God by establishing, uh, establishing Christ-centered. And we'll, we'll, we'll go, what does it mean to be Christ-centered? What does it mean to be spirit-empowered? What does it mean to be socially responsible? And, and why are we planting churches and campus ministries in every nation? Because each of those phrases uh, has meaning to it. And is a part of why we exist so so looking at this first one we exist to honor god and so how do we do that how do we honor god if this is why we exist as a church then we need to know how to do that right how do we accomplish this Uh, we don't want to just kind of you know cruise along and hope that it happens we got to say this is our reason for being then let's get on on track let's get on mission Alright. Um, and so just very simply breaking it down. Number one, we embrace God's life. We embrace his life. Okay. Ephesians chapter one, verses eleven and twelve. It says this it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ, we got our hopes up. He had and, and got our hopes up. He had his eye on us and had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. You see, we have a mission because God has a mission. We don't have our own mission and we're trying to get God to come help us with our mission. What we're doing is discovering God's mission and our part in helping God accomplish his mission. So it's not us bringing our mission to God and saying, God, would you bless this? It's us saying, God, what's your mission and how can we be a part of that? Because God has a mission for this whole world. There is a reason why he created this earth and everyone and everything in it. Because our God is a God of purpose. And so it's for us to discover what is that purpose and how do we as a church, what is our role in it? And as we embrace him and his purpose and his life, then we discover really our purpose. It's in him. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. So we cannot really actually discover individually our purposes, our mission, the reason why we exist without understanding his purpose and why he exists. So we talk about discovering your life purpose. Why am I here? It's, it's funny how usually we ask these questions. It's, it, they're always so sort of self-centered and self-focused. But the truth is we exist because of him. And if we really want to understand our purpose, we have to go back to him. Rick Warren wrote a great book. If you've never read it, I encourage you to read it. It's called The Purpose Driven Life. And it starts off with this. It says, it's not about you. That's how it starts off. You don't know Purpose Driven Life? The first thing you got to know is it's not about you. Your reason for being here on earth is not about you. And it's funny how the world so wants to shape us into thinking it's all about us. It's all about self-actualization and self-help and and finding out who we are and our dreams. The truth is, it's not about you. And, And he goes on to say this, The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by his purpose, for his purpose, as Rick Warren from the purpose-driven life. And so how do we do that? How do we, uh, how do we embrace his life? Number one, by following him. Okay? So we, we follow him. Mark chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. When Jesus came to the earth, this is what he did. He said, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his, and his brother throwing the net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And so what Jesus invites us to do is to follow him. And when Jesus says follow him, that word there had had a great context in his day. In his day, Jesus' day, um, there were these rabbis, teachers, and, and they wouldn't just lecture in schools, but what rabbis would do is people would follow them as masters in their lives. There was an old uh, TV show when I was growing up called Kung Fu, and it was about this little kid, you know, and and he wanted to learn from the the Kung Fu master. So what they would do is they would go, and they wouldn't just go to a school like nowadays. We just, you know, go to a school, a a a judo school or a Kung Fu school, and you take lessons once a week or something. In those days, you would go and live with the master. And you would learn their whole lifestyle. You eat like they eat. You dress like they dress. You talk like you talk. You wake up when they wake up. You, 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 you embrace the lifestyle. You embrace the life of the master if you want to become like them. And this was very much the culture that Jesus walked in, where rabbis, they had these rabbis that would gather to themselves followers. And so if you wanted to be a follower of a rabbi, this, these were like the, the, the top level, it'd be like going to, uh, um, in, in America, Ivy League school or Oxford or Cambridge or, you know, the, the top schools. It, you want, if you really wanted to get the highest level of education, you didn't go to an institution, you went to a master. You went to a rabbi. And you would spend all day with the rabbi. You'd oftentimes live with them in their school. And it was highly competitive to get into these, to become a follower of a rabbi to be one of their followers, one of their apprentices. And so of all the people applying, the rabbis would just choose a few that would then spend their life with them, learning from them. So that's what they would call, when Jesus talked about discipleship, called his disciples, that's what he was calling them to. He said, follow me. It didn't just mean, you know, learn my philosophies and my teachings. It meant learn my lifestyle, come and live alongside me. You know, when we think of discipleship, we often think of, well, you do one-to-one, you have meetings, you have you a know, small group, you have classes, you go through books together, uh, and, and all that's good. I mean, that's what we do here at this church. But it's so much more than that. Discipleship is much more than a class or a meeting. Um, it's much more than a book to go through. But it's really coming alongside and learning a lifestyle. to Do what your master does, to live like they live, And so it really means taking up a new life. Like when when the disciples followed Jesus, they had to leave their nets and follow him and go and live with him. They left everything behind. They left their old life behind. And if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, if we're we're going to really honor him, there's stuff we're going to have to leave behind of our old life that doesn't fit with his life. And so the second point is not only by embracing his life, but by, by laying down our life. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Okay? So it's embracing Jesus' life. It's laying down our old life and embracing his life and and becoming like him. And, 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 And here's a little clue. It doesn't happen overnight. We don't overnight become like Jesus. It's a process. You, it, someone doesn't become a, a, a rabbi overnight or, or a master craftsman. And you have this, you have this process. Like if you want to become a carpenter, you start as a, a carpenter's assistant and then you become an apprentice carpenter and then you become a journeyman carpenter and finally you become a master carpenter where you can do jobs on your own. And being a rabbi, is, it's a lifelong process if you want to be a follower of Jesus doesn't happen overnight I, I remember when when I was um, my, my friend said hey let, let's go run a marathon and and, and I said sure uh, you know uh, we didn't the next day go out and run a marathon we would have died if we tried to go out and run a marathon the next day but what we did was say okay a year from now you know let's go run a marathon let's go look for one and then we started training and I remember the first time I went on train, you know, trying to run, uh, you know, a couple of kilometers, I was like, oh, all right, you know, a couple of kilometers, I'm, I'm tired already. Uh, and, uh, but day by day, each day as we just ran a little further, ran a little more, then you get to that place where you know, okay, now I can run, oh, I can run a marathon. And same with following Jesus. It's just daily disciplines that we do that prepare us to be like him. That's why as a church we say, you know, read read your Bible every day. Let's all read the Bible together. Let's pray every day. We do that because that's what prepares us. We don't suddenly become like Christ. We don't suddenly start living the Christian life. We don't suddenly start seeing the power of God in our lives just because we decided and we want to try really hard to make it happen. You see, becoming a Christian is not a matter of just trying really hard or believing really hard. It's a matter of really embracing a lifestyle, God's life, embracing His life, and laying down our old life. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. God calls us to his life, eternal life, not just better life. God has called us not to a better life, but to eternal life. Richard Stearns, president of, of World Vision. In his book called "Unfinished," another great book, if you're looking for good books to read, um, it says this, the, he said this, "The meaning, purpose and significance of our lives are found only by aligning our lives with, with God's purposes in lives committed to following Jesus Christ." In other words, it is not our work that brings purpose to our lives, nor is it our spouses, families, educations, abilities, money or accomplishments. Rather, it is the purpose of our lives that brings meaning to everything else, and we find that purpose only in christ that's where we find our purpose and our identity and see when we talk about embracing jesus eternal life the life that comes from eternity the life that we were created for because you and i were we're eternal beings you're going to last forever your only choice is where are you going to spend eternity and that's what we get to choose in this life and so we want to embrace the things that are eternal in this life. And, and so what is eternal? What is eternal is who you are because you are an eternal being. And so who are you? Who, do you, who are you going to become? Who are you going to set your life to become? And, and the disciplines, the habits that you develop will, will create your lifestyle and that lifestyle will create who you are. And so who are you going to be? Who you are is based on the choices that you make throughout your life in the everyday mundane little things. So what choices are you making to embrace eternal life, to embrace the life of Christ? Because who you are is eternal. What else is eternal? Is the relationships that you build. Because you we are around other eternal beings and and what kind of relationships are you going to take with you into eternity? Cuz God calls us you know if you want to embrace his life we need to learn to love his people. See when Jesus called his disciples, he didn't just call them to follow him individually, he had called them to follow him in fellowship. When he said follow me, when he said I will make you fishers of men, those words in English you can be plural or single, so we don't know, but in, in original language it's always it's plural. And he's always calling them as a group together. And Rabbi's always had a group of disciples a group of learners around them this is just how they found the best way to pass on life and so you and i we were created for community life that's why we have churches because following jesus is not a solo game it's meant to be done in community acts chapter 2 says this verse 46 and 47 they worshiped together at the temple each day met at homes for the lord's supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So in this church, we invite you into community. They, they gather together in the temple, which is like a, our Sunday service, which is great fun. It's fun to worship together and to, you know, to, to hear some teaching together and to fellowship. But where the real interchange of life, interaction happens, just like they did in the, in the early church, was house to house. Sitting around a table and sharing life where there's an exchange of ideas and a sharing of life together. And so that's what we have connect groups. I encourage you to get it, be a part of a connect group. If you're not part of a connect group yet, then go back in the back corner there. There's a connect table. After service, you can go there and 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 they'll help you get become a part of a, a connect group where, where community happens, where life is shared. So as a team, we we as a church. We want to be a a community that shares life together. And then we need to share not only with each other, but we need to share his life with those that don't yet know him, to share him with others who have not yet met Christ, who are not yet followers of Christ. Mark chapter 3, verses 13 to 14. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him, and they came to him. Then he appointed 12 and called them his apostles. They were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach. So, so this is what God calls us to do is we, we share life with others that Jesus, Jesus called all the 12 together. And then it, what, what also is eternal is those that you bring to Christ. Mark chapter 8, verse 34 and 35. Then calling the crowd to join, to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. I I love this here, calling the crowd to join the disciples. So there's all these disciples, the 12 disciples who followed Jesus. But then Jesus called all the rest of the crowd and said, hey, if any of you wants to be my followers, and that's Christianity, it's open to all. Whoever wants to, whosoever will. But Jesus now is gone and, and he's not calling followers to himself. He's left that to us. That's our task in our our families, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, to echo that same call. Whosoever will, if anyone wants to follow Christ, God has a life for you. God has a life for you beyond what you could ever imagine because just as you and I can never really discover our purpose without Christ, that's true of everybody on earth. And to help people really discover their true purpose on earth, this is what the church is here for. It's not just for us, again, to have a better life, but it's for us to experience eternal life and to bring others into eternal life. And so we go back to our our webpage and the the, the cover uh, of our webpage. And the, the last phrase there, it says, experience life to the full. This is what, as a church, this is why we're here, is to help people find their purpose and experience life to the full. And both of those are only found in Christ. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 10, verse 10. A thief is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Real, eternal life. The kind of life that is not only with you in the good times, but in the toughest times. It's a life that's real. It's a life that is, 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 is going to fill you even in the hardest times. And as Christians, that's when we come alongside people. That's when we shine the, the brightest, is when it's around us, it's the darkest. And that's how we know that we really have the life of Christ in us. If we crumble in the hard times, if we, if we sink when storms come, then, then we realize we haven't yet grabbed the hold of eternal life, the eternal life that Jesus has for us. Because that life, Shines brightest in the darkness. That life goes into the worst places. That life comes alongside the broken and brings healing. And that's what, that's why we're a church. That's why we exist. We're not here just to help you have a better life. But I can tell you, you're going to have, if you follow Christ, you'll have the best life. Because He alone knows the life for which you were created. And he alone can lead you into the mission, the purpose for which you exist. But we discover that as a church walking together. And so I'm really excited for these, these next weeks as we, as we go through these because we're going to discover what it means to, to, to be the body of Christ, to live the life that God called us together for going to close just actually quoting a, another pastor because he says it so much better than i did than i do this is a, a pastor named Ty, tyler staten and he is the the head of the uh, um the, uh, he's the director for the 24-7 prayer movement, um, which is uh, uh, in the U.S. and around the world. He's, he also was um, a pastor of a, a church, started a church in, in New York City where my wife and I pastored before coming here, and, and now he pastors a church in, in Portland, Oregon. But here he, he's talking about the calling of God, and he says it in just such an amazing way. Um, and so I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and quote him. And he says this, God's calling you to spend yourself on behalf of the poor, to feed the hungry and clothe the naked, and to shelter the houseless. And this is just an unpacking of what it means to, to live the Christian life. If you wanna know wh- what God's calling for you is, we're gonna just unpack it here. If you've ever wonder why am I here? Your call is to learn the names of your neighbors and care about how they're doing. It is to pray so hard that your tears say what your words can't. Your call is to listen, to listen presently and attentively to the burdens of your friends, to listen especially to those who you disagree with, letting their story turn caricature into humanity. It is to preach the gospel in winsome ways most of the time and sometimes in awkward ways. It's to love the person that it is hardest for you to love and to forgive the person who won't even admit that they've wronged you in the first place. It's to endure personal embarrassment so someone else doesn't have to and to get beyond your comfort zone to enter his or hers. Your call is to read scripture constantly enough, slowly enough, that God's reality is the one that lives in you. It's to share a prophetic word because it might be way off, but it just might be God. It's to pray for healing even when it didn't work last time and to use your voice to advocate for the silenced. Your call is to hug that woman who's not a hugger and fist bump the guy who barely even wants you to do that. It's to unload, uh, (laughs) not here, it's to wash the dishes when you didn't dirty a single one of them. To wipe the toilet seat when someone else made that mess. It's to visit your sick friend and call your mom to see how she's doing. It's to get to know the imprisoned individual by name. To keep on gathering in your in your community, in your connect group, even when they're underwhelming and awkward and difficult, and their social media posts make you want to set your hair on fire. Your call is to live today like God is Father and everyone around you is sister or brother and to believe, to really believe that that is enough to renew the whole of creation because he has filled you with his spirit and called you to be his witness. That's why the church exists. And I love the way he says it, but really it's all just what the scripture says. Of why we exist the mission that we're on would you stand with me I just want to pray for you, for us as a church so would you bow your heads Heavenly Fathers we, we come to you today we are so thankful for Jesus God in the flesh. Who came to live in our neighborhoods, who came to live amongst us, to show us what you were like so that we could live lives like yours. Our prayer, Lord God, is that you would help us to become truly followers of you that embrace your life and that your life would be formed in us. That discipleship would be more than just going through books and checking off classes, but really to have the life of Christ formed inside of us and to become the body of Christ so our prayer today is that Lord God you would form us as the body of Christ these next weeks Lord as we we look into what that means uh, Father we pray that that you would just unpack your word to us but today Lord God I I pray that you bring our hearts to a place of just commitment to say Lord we want to be like you we want to invite you into our lives that you would become the, 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 the whole of our lives that we would as you called us to lay down our lives in exchange for yours. That you would give us the eternal, the abundant, the full life that only comes from you. Help us, Lord God, to turn away from sin, to bring our sins to you, to lay down our sin-broken lives and say, Lord God, you give us in exchange your righteousness, your life. Be our Savior. Be our Lord. You're the one who builds this church. Would you be the one who leads this church? We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray this message spoke to you and built your faith. For more messages like this, visit our website at everynationtaipei.com. You can also send a prayer request and reach out to us anytime. God bless you. Till next time.